All right, man. You ready for this? Yes. <laughs> it's the return of the sports clash. Uh, my name is Richarlios, my buddy Chris Carey, uh, longtime friends uh, from high school, from before high school. Uh, we used to, about, was it like six years ago, we had a little bit of a podcast we started. Uh, it was fun, but it kind of fell off. And, uh, you know, we were just chatting the other day. We we're sitting here in quarantine. And we we're like, you know what? We need, we need an outlet. We got to start talking sports. It's starting to come back. So we're here. And, uh, you know, we, we start up a new website, sportsclash.com. Uh, we got our Twitter and Facebook activated and uh, back up, ready to go. We're going to start sharing some content. We're doing some gambling picks, starting with tonight, UFC. Uh, our resident UFC expert, Chris Carey, over here. Oh, he's, he's got all your picks. So, uh, you know, we're ready to go. And today uh, we're going to start with some uh, Zoom calls, kind of see where we go from here. But we heard some news the other day uh, about MLB coming back. We're both baseball nuts, as you can see from the hats. And we've been dying without baseball. Uh, <laughs> I've been watching uh, some Korean baseball. I was up till 4 a.m. watching a Korean baseball game. So by the time MLB came back, what do you say, Chris? Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. It feels like forever ago that we drafted that uh, fantasy baseball team together, uh, and it's just been sitting there. So I'd like to put it to good use. So I was happy. To I don't think it. I could. <laughs> I don't think I could name one player that we drafted. <laughs> I looked at it once and uh, realized that this was going to be a kind of a long-term wait here. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any updates or anything's going on with, uh, with the ESPN app or anything like that, but, uh, but excited to hopefully get 82 games out of it because I think it's a pretty, pretty decent squad. Yeah. So like you said, 82 games, that's part of the proposal that came out uh, this past week. Uh, Jeff Passan did a story on it yesterday. Uh, the union and uh, MLB, the owners are meeting this week. They're talking and we saw kind of passing broke down kind of some bullet points, the main points of this proposal to bring baseball back. So we figured we'd kind of run down those bullet points and kind of see from top to bottom what we think will actually happen, what probably won't happen, and what we think should happen. So starting at the top, the 50-50 split of revenue, that's clearly not going to happen. No, it's an interesting move for them to try to pull off because, you know, you know, with uh, everything that's happened in the past with the players, they're like the, the strongest union in the world and anything that limits their salaries or anything like that scares the bejesus out of them. So, you know, for that to even be included, I guess, was kind of just a uh, kind of a move by the owners. So we'll see, see what happens from there. Yeah. Um, and for a little bit of familiarity there, I mean, that's as close to kind of a salary clap as MLB players would have gotten for years and years. So it would definitely take away a lot of money from the players' pockets. And while their pockets are going to get hit either way, um, there's other ways that I think they can do it. And from what everybody's saying, it sounds like neither the owners or the players are going to let this money issue come in between a season happening. I'm hoping. Do you think they'll kind of just figure something out? I, I, because I don't, I can't see the owners completely losing out on a season. I can't see the players wanting to lose a whole season of their career. Yeah, exactly. Service time with players is a big deal, and uh, using losing a year of uh, playing time and stats and and whatnot from the prime of your career is is pretty tough. That can cost you millions. But um, 
you know, when you have no fans in the stands, your revenues from TV and advertising, you know, you see what's going to be there. There's just a giant pot. And then how you split that is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. So hopefully they can figure out the money. Um, once they get past that, there's obviously some other logistics to get through. Uh, the proposal is an 82 game schedule, which to me sounds fantastic at this point. Um, you know, back when this started, I was hoping like maybe a hundred games, something like that, get a full season in, but obviously that's not happening. So I think 82 games, it'll, it's plenty of games, but it's obviously not what we're used to, but I think it'll be fun. I think it would be different for sure. And a lot of fun. It sure eliminates like the dog days of summer where, you know, you get to a point where fans are losing a little bit of interest, like right before the all-star break and things like that, where there's just games that it just feels like it's dragging on a little bit. So every game matters more so in this format, which would be kind of cool. And, you know, I, I think the Orioles can win 40. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe in 162 game season. I don't know about the, in the 82 game season. <laughs> But, hey, I mean, you never know. You really never know with that. Uh, like a six- or seven-game losing streak, you're pretty much screwed in an 82-game season. You got to yeah. really be consistent on that on that level. But um, a 14-team postseason is also in the proposal. So that kind of makes a little bit of a difference there as well, uh, as opposed to the regular 10 teams, correct? So – with 82 games, obviously you're not looking always in your head. You're like, all right, 90 wins, 90 wins. That's completely different. Now you think with an 82 game schedule, you think some 500 teams would could probably make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to see. Um, it's interesting that they added those extra teams for, uh, for the playoffs, especially on a short, short year, but I guess it makes sense. Generates more revenue, gives more teams and teams an opportunity to compete for longer. Um, what I think is going to be interesting is to see how pitching staffs are managed throughout the short season uh, and throughout like the playoff picture too. So I think it could be kind of cool to have extra playoff teams and like a larger, I guess, tournament style format in that regard. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting switch to just have more teams make the playoffs. And yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think it could be kind of cool to see somebody sneak in by the skin of their teeth and make a run. Yeah, it's a completely – like you talk about wild card. That's a real wild card, getting that 14-team in the playoffs. And who knows, they get hot. Even last year with the full season, nobody had the Nationals winning the World Series. So you never know what could happen. It's going to be – well, yeah, you did. But that was an impressive call. I'll give you that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So um, getting everything started, the proposal would be uh, mid-June, which is about a month from now, you would start kind of a spring training. Uh, I believe those would be at team facilities, team stadiums. And then, so. yeah, and then opening day would be in early to mid-July. So you're thinking, you're looking maybe if it's early, you know, July 4th weekend, I'm sure MLB would love to have that happen. That, yeah. I mean, does it get any more American than that? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, uh, you know, it'd be interesting because they're starting with no fans in the stands and where it's allowed not to skip to another point of this but um you know even if they do start in july you know it's going to be on you know all tv and there's not going to be you know people buying the tickets and, and going to the game like you would see a traditional opening day so how that plays out would be kind of interesting to see 
Um, but yeah, there's nothing more American than baseball in July. Yeah. And to start the season and kind of have a signal like a return just to some normalcy here. Obviously, it won't be completely normal, but just to have some baseball and grow some burgers and dogs on the 4th of July, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting giddy right now. <laughs> <laughs> so moving along, um, another part of the proposal, games will be played in home stadiums, but obviously where they're allowed. Now, this is obviously a big issue with this pandemic going on. Um, different states are allowing different things. Uh, Arizona, I believe, was the most recent uh, to allow sports teams to play with no fans in the stands. Yeah, I mean, where allowed uh, is a uh, is an interesting thing because you know we're we're sitting here in New York and New Jersey area, and uh, you know probably be one of the last areas to you know bring back large events like that. They're in California too, so. Uh, you know, what do you do? You have the Yankees just play no home games or, you know, how is that, how is that competitive balance kind of fair? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, that's going to be a big thing, the travel and figuring out, you know, and this isn't even part of the proposal, but I'm thinking out loud, like traveling to Canada, is that even going to be a possibility? Like what are, what are they going to do with the Blue Jays? You just kick them out of the league for a year? I'm that's okay with the Blue Jays. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that too. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's 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 weird. I mean, obviously, home field advantage is a completely different story when you have no fans in the stands. But to be in your facilities, um, kind of whatever safety precaution are there, wherever players are staying, just to have that kind of quote unquote home field, and to have some teams have more games on their home field than others, it's going to be really interesting and really weird to see how this plays out. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, I'm I'm used to not seeing any fans in the stands at, uh, at my favorite team's park. But <laughs> every every game is going to be like that Orioles game from years ago with those uh, during the Freddie Gray ride. Yeah, that was that was nuts. And yeah, you can really hear the crack of the bat. That that's for sure. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun to watch on TV because you'll really really hear what's going on down in the field. Yeah, as opposed to the usual five to. 500 or 1,000 fans in the Oriole games last year. You go more than Tampa, though. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, nobody goes to see the race. (laughs) So continuing down the proposal, um, and this was really one that we were both laughing at, uh, designated hitters in both the NL and AL. It's kind of like, why why was this added? Is it really necessary? It just, it seems to be baseball and Manfred's way of, saying, hey, let's get this DH, universal DH. Yeah, I think it's definitely the, the first uh, step towards just making it permanent in the National League. I think I saw something about the players are okay with that and, you know, have no qualms with moving forward with that, making that a permanent thing. Um, you know, really helps out a lot of the players in terms of, like, prolonging their career and stuff. So I think it does stick past this shortened season. Um, and gives guys like like Howie Kendrick a job in the National League for a long time, and uh, you know Ryan Braun who can't field for for his life, you know gives them a little bit more uh, um, opportunity to prolong their careers. And uh, same with the pitchers in the National League as well. Um, but Chris, what about the double switch? The art of the double switch. How yeah. will baseball go on without that? <laughs> no idea. No idea. Um, <laughs> It's we good. might not agree on a lot when it comes to the, you know Yankees and Orioles, obviously, but 
NL baseball, it's really not that exciting. No, no, I, I don't really love having the every ninth guy just get struck out. <laughs> no. Pretty so. brutal. Unless it's Bartolo Colon batting, I don't really want to see a pitcher hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the Yankees have a history of their pitchers. Just every time they went up to bat, they would get hurt. So I'm totally fine with a universal DH. I think it's the way of the future. Just the fact that this was part of this proposal when it doesn't really have much to do with it is was odd. But I'm hoping that it moves forward with that. Uh, two more, two more points. Uh, three more points to go along. One's a minor one that we already touched on. No fans and saviors to begin the season. No minor. Yeah, it's just kind of, <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of how things are going to be now. And I don't know if you've watched any of the Korean baseball games. I've, I've watched one or two. But it's not that bad. Uh, I don't know if MLB is going to put cardboard cutouts in like the KBO is doing. But... It's really not that bad. You can hear kind of the players chattering in the dugout and cheering. And I, th- I think it'll be fine. So I don't know. do you have anything to add on that? We touched on that pretty much. Um, you know, hopefully there aren't mannequins in the stands, but at least we won't see, uh, we won't see Marlins man at some random game. <laughs> well, they were proposing maybe putting a, a mannequin of Marlins man behind every stadium. Oh my God. So I think, I think we might have to do that. <laughs> um, so. Another one, games against only divisional and regional opponents. So AL West teams would, for example, play AL West and NL West teams. So that, that kind of answers some of the travel issues. Uh, that would kind of realign divisions, no? Yeah, and I think that's going back to the point about the DH, why that's there for the short season is because um, a lot of games are going to be played regionally. And um, – you know, they're, if you're playing, you know, AL West against NL West all the time, the, you know, to have to abide by interleague rules based on ballparks that we don't even know if some of them can have home games. You know, I think that's why the, the DH comes into play there. But um, yeah. it, the competitive balance of that is interesting because I, I don't know if I'm biased, but I feel like, you know, some East Coast uh, baseball can be a little bit, you know, more top heavy than, uh, than, like the central teams, you know, there are stronger teams, I feel, in the central, like the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Astros, you know, Milwaukee, all, all those teams. That's a real competitive region. If, if you're scheduling regionally like that, you know, it's, it's you know, the, the fairness of that. Um, I don't know how they'll schedule it, but the fairness of that seems interesting. You know, yeah. you, don't, you don't get to be the, uh, you know, the Cardinals and, and go and play, you know, beat up on the Orioles or something like that. So it'd be interesting to see how that, how that works too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think they're trying to limit travel, limit expenses and limit exposure. Yeah. And that last point, uh, rosters will be expanded from 26 to as many as 30 active players. And there's a proposed 20 man taxi squad of minor league players and prospects. I really wonder how they're going to get those guys to go along with this, but I guess, as long as they're paying them, they're going to want to play and they're going to want to get paid. Yeah, but does it start their service clock? You know, what, what happens with minor league service time? You know, minor league players are the ones that I think are really being hurt the most here with no opportunities really in spring training. You know, they make, you know, very low salaries. How, how that person put up, you know, they're, they're the ones that I think are being hurt the most than to ask, you know, them to just kind of be a, 
you know, a bullpen of guys that are just, you know, on call. It, I don't, I don't know how that works, but you know, we'll see. I mean, with, uh, you know, restarting spring training and things like that for pitchers, you know, it's probably necessary, but you know, what does that do to a guy's like future earnings and future career? And when he, you know, is eligible for arbitration, when he's eligible for free agency, you know, how does that whole thing look, or are we just pausing that for this year? You know, I don't, I don't know yeah. if the, you know, pause on all that stuff, but then why would you, I guess you play for the opportunity and you play for the, you know, the statistics and to try to make more eventually. But um, you know, I, I don't know if you lose bargaining power by doing that. Yeah. I mean, there's some guys that probably wouldn't have gotten a chance this year that can get an opportunity and in a shortened season, you get a little bit of a hot streak. All of a sudden you're a starter on a team when you were probably going to stick in double A all year. So there are, there's some opportunity there. at least. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you know, how, how do you, how does that go with the manager? You just like call up somebody, you know, tell them to take a bus to wherever the team is. Like, <laughs> I think it has to be a taxi. It's specifically a taxi squad. So you have to take a taxi. No Ubers. No, no Ubers. No. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, those are the main points of the proposal. Obviously, the health and safety of everyone involved is going to be really tough to work those out. And there's already players, you know, who have made that a point. Like Sean Doolittle uh, had a big Twitter thread recently kind of running down all the precautions that he thinks they need to take and need to consider, which obviously makes sense. But for me and you sitting here, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're, we're in our homes. We're, we're dying for baseball. And I think we're, we're just kind of like, hey, whatever you can do, just please give us some baseball. Yeah, it harkens back to some like darker times when, you know, strike shortened season or September 11th or whatever, you know, fans just kind of want it back. And, you know, it'll be, it's our hope that, you know, you do the right thing and you just get, you know, something back on TV, something to restore normalcy to us after this whole, you know, pause that our country's been on. Yeah. So we'll see, but it's exciting to at least hear something that something's going to happen and, I don't have to stay up till 4 a.m. watching Korean baseball anytime soon. No, I don't have to get that <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see. But, hey, we got some UFC tonight. We uh, made our picks. Uh, just a couple picks for the night. Uh, check thesportsclash.com for those. We're going to try to do as many picks as possible. We'll track our records to see just how terribly we're doing or just how great we're doing. And uh, it's going to be fun. So check us out on the site. Uh, on Twitter at the Sports Clash, Facebook.com slash Sports Clash. Uh, this is going to be fun, Chris. I'm, I'm glad we're doing this again. Let's keep it up and let's have some fun. All right. Awesome. Later, guys. <laughs>